Hello, everybody, and welcome to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. My name is Brad Shattuck, and I am your host. This podcast is about my personal experiences, stories, and events with dealing with borderline personality disorder, otherwise known as BPD. My experiences with BPD is due to my wife, now ex-wife, who I have been with for 34 years, was diagnosed with BPD in 2012. And I want to share my experiences with you so that if you are someone who has somebody in your life with BPD, that you may relate to what I'm saying along with my personal tips and suggestions that may or may not work in your specific situation. And if you are someone who has been diagnosed or think you may have BPD, that you may recognize the signs and understand the havoc and turmoil that it can have around people that are involved in your life. Let me caution you that I am in no way qualified or certified in the field of mental health and that my personal suggestions are merely my personal opinion and do not recommend that anybody take any mental health therapy into their own hands, but to personally seek out the help from a professional in the field of mental health. And furthermore, if you are a couple, you might even consider counseling to help further your relationship a little bit better. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and again, thank you for listening to the Walking on Eggshells podcast. My name is Brad Shattuck, and I am your host, and this episode is titled, Why Do I Keep Going Back? I figured it'd be about time that I do an episode on this subject. Many people, friends, relatives, even my children, have always asked, why do you keep going back? Why do you keep going back? And usually that's asked after they see my expression or hear my frustrations, my anger, um... I'm at the end of my rope, frustrated, and everybody asks, well, why do you keep going back? No matter what I answer I give anybody, it doesn't make sense to them, whether they care or not, whether they're just asking it, it just doesn't seem to matter. So I want to know if there is any reasoning behind the reasons I go back, so I figured I'd throw that into an episode, and I'm sure many of you, many, many, many of you in my position who has a loved one with BPD, especially a spouse, have asked this many times and probably even asked yourself that many times. I know I've asked myself many times. So let's jump into this episode and start answering the question, why the hell do we keep going back? Thank you again for listening. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening. So, always the big question. Why do you keep going back? Or, why do you keep going back? Why do you keep going back? I hear it all the time. But, of course, the reason I get that response is, um, well, first of all, you know, a lot of people take somebody getting off their, getting something off their chest as bitching and complaining or wanting a solution or nor an answer. And when it comes to me, whenever I talk about my wife, it's never ever that I'm looking for a solution or an answer or reassurance that I should leave um, because I don't have in my mind to leave um, or at least a strong enough feeling to actually do it. So, you know, I can understand why people do that. You know, they do it out of kindness, out of their heart, you know. Um, or to get you to shut up and, you know, or keep you out of the situation, whether they care or don't care. But 
you know, like a lot of times, um, lately I've been lending out my car to a relative of mine, and I had another relative had to pick me up a few times from her house during an episode, and, you know, of course, you gotta, obviously, listen to him, you don't just get in and say, listen, I don't want to hear anything, you know, out of kindness, this relative particularly will say, you know, why do you keep doing this, why do you, why do you keep going back to this, and even going further, you know, you guys are just gonna keep doing this, blah, 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 and, the best way, you know, I can describe my personal, or my particular relationship with my wife, and I'm sure there's hundreds of people that can relate to the same exact analogy that I'm going to explain, and probably a lot of you listening, is a combination of a roller coaster and a merry-go-round. The roller coaster, because um, whether it starts from the beginning of the relationship or throughout it, you know, it starts off and you get that feeling in the pit of your stomach of, you know, the upcoming excitement and you look forward to it. And then going up that hill, you get that thrill and it feels good. Your endorphins are running, your adrenaline's pumping, you know, you feel good. You're at, you're at the top of the world. And then when you're going down, it's, you know, a combination of thrill, excitement, fear, the unknown, and then when you whip around that first corner, you know, there's shockers and unknowns, and, um, you know, then there's also parts where you, you know, get scared. Pretty much any emotion you can go through, um, you know, similar, because you can be scared in different ways, you can be happy in different ways. You know, each emotion has, you know, uh, subtypes underneath them, but I think you get what I'm saying. So, anything you pretty much get off a roller coaster, you would get out of pretty much any relationship, but... Like I said, you know, especially in a BPD, um, I'm sorry, in, uh, yeah, in a BPD um, relationship, it's more of a roller coaster over and over. <laughs> sometimes you get that whole roller coaster ride in one day, <laughs> um, over and over, sometimes throughout the day, but you get the gist of what I'm saying. Now, the merry-go-round, it's the same thing. It's, you know... The, the fighting, the threatening, the leaving, the coming back. That's what I mean. And the relationship doesn't go any further than that, than that merry-go-round. You know, most people, you have a walking trail. You know, you continue on. You have a paved path. You know, you have a positive uh, future ahead of you. You work together as a team and you, you pave that pathway to happiness, success, or, you know, home ownership, um, having a home and then a vacation home, beautiful retirement, etc. With a merry-go-round, it just, it doesn't go anywhere, but there. You're grounded in one spot, and it goes round and round, and it always comes back to the same spot. Start over, apologize, fight, leave, you know, around and around. It doesn't go anywhere. And in my particular case, like I've mentioned before, I've had, um, I had a great job at a company for 20 years and made really good money, awesome benefits, company car for 20 years. Um, I've had businesses I've created and started on the side that were very successful. Um, and I never, never blame her for all the things that have failed and where we are right now. It takes two. I could have either stepped out and continued on and been successful on my own because I had been very successful. Um, I don't have a college degree, but I have a high level of intelligence. And um, I've been proven to be successful in my businesses. But I gave them up because I allowed her to be involved in them. Um, because I do love her, and she, she is intelligent. And she is a great team player when she's not in an episode. 
um, I taught her bookkeeping in one day, and believe it or not, she took right off on it. She did better in bookkeeping than I did, and um, she was a great team player. She helped me get businesses. She was great with um, public relations, um, I mean, customer relations, and she was a great support, um, an awesome support. I mean, I used to give her hugs and tell her I couldn't have picked a better business partner. I mean, I got my best friend. I've got my lover. Um, the most important person in the world with me, right next to me, and it's something that's very successful. And we went from literally, at one time, started business with nothing, literally pennies, and made $100,000 our first year back in 1993. And another business in 2010, we started with 35 bucks, and we grossed $82,000 um, um, in less than 10 months. And our first business, we had 10 employees. Our second one, we had about between 8 and 10. Um, but anyways, without getting details, things happened that I ended up giving it up. Um, she was slowly destroying it. So before it completely got destroyed, I'd just give it up. Um, or she would batter me so much um, when she would help destroy it. And then blaming on me, telling me that I'm, you know, a loser, I'm nothing, I'm stupid, incompetent, you know, it's going downhill because of me, and the fight would go back and forth, and I'm like, you know what, just, fuck it, just give it all up, so, you know, that's my fault, I could have handled it other ways, and instead I just gave in, now, if it, if it was today, it'd be completely different, as a matter of fact, right now, I am, um, redoing a business model I had, started back in 2004 that was successful and again gave it up for those reasons but starting it again and now where we are divorced it's completely me mine uh she's not going to be involved so that'll also be a, a test of my ability to actually do it on my own um and see what happens um, but again i'm kind of going a little off course but back to why do i keep going back it's because that roller coaster ride to me is fulfilling to me, you know, the excitement. Um, as a matter of fact, I, you know, I've mentioned before my other episodes, since our divorce, um, we live an hour away from each other, and sometimes I'm up there for a week, two weeks, you know, I'll stay up there as long as we don't have an argument. If, if it was to be forever, I'd be back with her forever. But I literally will stay to the day that um, if she tells me to leave, which I think in the last year, the most it's been is 15 days. That's not a long time. So I travel a lot to go see her, and there's been many times the night before, th there's not many times at all she actually tells me to go back because of that pride um, and, and so many other things for her to actually say, you know, I want you to come back. Um, even if it's just for an appointment that I have to bring her to, or just for her, one time she did say, I'm making a really good supper tomorrow night if you want to come up. Literally the night before, I can't sleep. I get jitters, uh, it's almost like starting a new job or um, going on a long trip. I literally get butterflies in my stomach. I get um, sometimes heartburn, I get so excited. Um, I get my clothes up the night before, I set my alarm to make sure I'm not going to be a minute late getting up and getting up there. Um, I get all jitty, happy. I get excited like a little kid. I mean, that's how much I love her. And, <clears throat> sorry. Um, and that's that beginning of the roller coaster ride. You know, you, the, the bar comes down and you can't wait for all of a sudden that click. And then all of a sudden it starts slowly rolling. And I get that way. And 
being together, you know, for 32 years, um, I still get that excitement. I still just, I, I get that, you know, that new love feeling when you, you know, you first meet somebody and, you know, you've been together like a week and you head into the house and you get that real excitement, feeling, nervousness. I do, I get that. And when I get to that last exit and I'll text her, I'm like, you know, I'm getting off exit seven, um, five minutes away, turning down your road. <laughs> I, I do. I get so, so excited. It, you would think that we just met each other. That's how I get, you know, and, you know, of course, when I get out of the car, I'm just hoping to God that nothing happened in between then, you know, she had a bad incident that might have set her off. So I kind of get really nervous again from the car to the door until I open up the door and see her attitude. And when I see it's fine, then I, I sigh of relief. I'm like, okay, we're off to a good start. And that's when the roller coaster ride begins. And, you know, and then you get the excitement, the thrill, the unknown. And, you know, then when, when it, the episode ends up hitting and setting in, I know how it's going to end. It's either going to end with me being quiet, walking out with my head down and crying or arguing so much I leave angry and then crying. You know, it, it depends. And that's when I jump on the merry-go-round and it starts all over again. So that's exactly why I say the roller coaster rides the merry-go-round. Um, but again, why do we keep going back? I mean, because of the obvious, I love her. I love her with all my heart. I love her more than my own life. I love her more than anything. I She could be the most horrid person to me and have the most rottenest, disgusting fight ever. And if it came down to it, I would die for her and I'd kill her for her. And she could send me away in the worst rage in the world. And if God forbid something happened to her, I would lose my mind. I would cry hysterically and cry myself crazy. That's how much I do love her. That's why I keep... Well, that's not why I keep going back. I shouldn't say that. Because when I go back, that first... The reason I get so excited when I'm going up there, it's not just because I love her. It's because when I first see her, it brings me back to why I love her. It's that warm feeling I get, that look in her eye, you know... Everything about the first couple of hours just reminds me of why I fell in love with her. And it's usually that first day. We're happy, we laugh, we giggle, you know, we fool around, we flirt, you know, I'll smack her in the butt and I'll be like, ooh, nice butt, and, you know, and things like that. Or she'll try a different pair of clothes. I'm like, wow, you are hot. You know, and I, I build her self esteem. And she's, you know, of course, she'll be like, oh, no, I'm not. I don't even have a butt. And, you know, you know, I, I tease and. I tr she does have a problem with self-esteem, and, and I'm telling you, for 49 years old, she, to me, she's a gorgeous woman. She really is, and since she has lost weight, I personally think, I know she's beautiful and she has a nice body, but I, I probably go overboard because I'm in love with her. To me, she's perfect. There is nothing wrong with her, no flaw whatsoever, and I think that's why when she has an episode, I overlook it so much and enable it because, to me, she's perfect. There is no flaw in her. She has perfect hair, perfect skin. And, and mind you, she doesn't have to wear any makeup at all. None. None whatsoever. And she's beautiful. She's never had to wear makeup. And when she does wear makeup, it actually doesn't look good on her. The most she puts on is eyeliner. And it brings out her beautiful hazel eyes. So, 
that's the most she ever has put on. She's a lucky woman. Let me tell you that. There's not too many women that are like that. And I tell her all the time, you know, lucky you are. You're so freaking gorgeous with no makeup. And I always, I'll, I'll just stare at her. And she'll be like, what? And I'm like, no, you're just so gorgeous. I'm just, just looking at how beautiful you are. How lucky I was. And I always say was. And to remind her that, you know, I'm not trying to weasel back into her life that, you know, I, I met, I screwed up and I, I lost what I had. You know, I, I didn't tend to her needs as much as I should have, you know, and I'm not saying I should have bowed down to her, you know, her disorder. But I mean, there was a lot of things that if I loved her enough, I probably would have her to this day or at least not been divorced. But the main reason I do go back is because she always does remind me of what I fell in love with and what I do love. And when she isn't in an episode, she literally satisfies every single need that I have ever needed and ever would need. She makes me feel loved. She makes me feel like a person. She makes me forget about any imperfections or flaws that I have. You know, my insecurities, she literally, when she's not in an episode, reminds me that they aren't flaws. And constantly reminds me of it. She makes me feel wanted, needed, loved, um, like somebody that I am special. Um, and I honestly think I was never good enough for her because I do think she's beautiful and she could have better. So it makes me feel lucky that I am with somebody that I think could be with somebody better. And she'll always remind me, no, you know, like she'll be like, no, I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't have anybody better and I said well that makes me feel you know bad because I always thought you were beautiful and you could get better and she said even if I could I wouldn't I wouldn't want you know you're everything and that means a lot to me and I know excuse me in my heart that she means that and you know during our uh, adult talks and conversations she always reminds me she said you stole my heart at 16 years old because um, to remind you, I was, uh, I just turned 18, she had just turned 16, and she was already five and a half months pregnant, um, with my oldest daughter, well, stepdaughter, she wasn't, you know, when I met her, she was already pregnant, and I fell in love with, and, and I remind her of that, and, you know, when I tell her she's perfect, and, you know, that no matter if she was 300 pounds, or, you know, um, 80 pounds, I'd still love her just the way she is, and when she would get heavy, you know, she's like, I don't want you to leave me. And I said, listen, I met you and fell in love with you. Not only were you big, you were pregnant. So if I could fall in love with somebody who was pregnant, and at the time she was probably only like, oh my God, maybe 90, 95 pounds around there, you know, in 16, um, I think I can handle anything. And I've told her, I said, listen, you've been 200 pounds. You've been now down to 120-something pounds. You know, to me, it doesn't matter. I love you no matter what. I said, you know, when I married you and I said, for better, for worse, sickness and in health, you know, it can be physical sickness and it can be mental sickness. Obviously, we've both been through that, so I proved that. And I said, you know, God forbid, and I don't want to jinx, but that means that I loved you in, in a, you know, in a very able body, two arms, two legs, your sight, your hearing, and everything. If you were to be a quadriplegic, I would still love you just as much as I do now. I would still get jitters coming up to see you. It's not that you can walk, move, or even give me a hug. It's that you're there. It's you. 
It's your personality. It's you that I fell in love with. You literally could not be able to move. And I, I swear to God, I would. I would love her just as much. The only thing I wouldn't like is that we wouldn't be able to do the enjoyable things we did before. You know, go to a, a, an amusement park or something like that and walk around. But that's not why I love her. I don't love her because we can go to an amusement park because we hardly ever go. That's just an example. And I've told that over and over. And I said, you know, if, if we were divorced and weren't together a year and found out that, you know, something did happen, I would run right back to you and take you just as much and love you as if you had already left me a year ago. And the only reason you'd want me back is because you're in this position. And I said, I would still take you back. You know why? Because to me, it doesn't matter. Because you were on hiatus and, and knowing the only reason you want me back right now at least you want me back. I look at the bottom of my at least you want me back. You know, even if it's out of desperation. That's just who I am and what I am. And she knows that. She she absolutely knows that in her heart. I would. And I've even told her, if you left me and you were with somebody and, you know, they hurt you and you were abandoned somewhere in the back road, you could always call me or get a hold of me and I'd be right there. I would. I would be right there. And I don't even care if I ended up moving on and getting in a relationship. I would be up front and tell them, listen, if my wife ever needed me, or ex-wife, I would be there. I don't care if she's in a relationship and we're stranded out somewhere. I'm going to tend to her needs, and I would be there for her. And if you can't deal with that, then I'm sorry. We can't be together. Now, I probably would lose a lot of people and be alone, but that's what I would do. I would keep myself available for her needs, even if she said, listen, thank you for the ride. You know, my boyfriend husband is going to be back. Um, we'll be back together tomorrow, but thank you for bringing me home. That's what I do. That That is how strong my love is for her. I will be dedicated to her to the day I die. And even if she never needed me, I would still be up front and tell these people that's the way it is. And I wouldn't offer it, but if they did say to me, what if she was in the position that she wanted you back? Would you go to her? And I would say, first of all, I can't predict the future. But would I entertain the idea? Absolutely. Absolutely, I would. That I won't lie. Would I do it? I don't know. It depends how strong this relationship would be. And it's possible maybe not even entertain the idea if this love came strong. But at this moment, I can tell you it's very possible that I would. Most likely that I would. You know, I'd lean more that way. I wouldn't just say, I don't know if I would or wouldn't. But anyways, and it's all back to because of the reason I fell in love with her. But more so, because she satisfies my every need when she's not in a disorder. So, I don't tell everybody that. I probably only told one person that. Um, because this person I told actually listens and does care when I do get into detail. Everybody else, I either just say, I don't know, or I say, I have my reasons. But those are my true reasons. The bottom line she satisfies every need that I ever did need and ever would need when she's not in an episode. And I still love her like I did the day I met her when she's not in her episode. That's the bottom line. Now, that a lot of you are probably saying, I don't know why I go back. You know, I know I love them, but I don't know why I go back. And hoping after hearing this, Hopefully, you can dig in a little bit deeper and actually answer that. 
now you know why you go back or you know you'll find the reason why you go back i honestly really didn't know up until a couple of months ago i knew it was just because i love her um when she's not in an episode you know i used to say when we get along it's unbelievable when we fight it's horrible it's like this is sort of black and white you know it's good or it's bad but i always said when it's good it's unbelievable and when it's bad it's real bad but that's all i could really say and also that you know, when we're, you know, when she's not in an episode, you know, it's great. But I didn't know those two things. It's because it's great and because I love her. And I listened to a podcast and I honestly don't remember the name of it because I'd love to give them credit. Um, but this lady was talking about her husband who had it. Uh, I'm sorry, she had the disorder and he didn't. And she used to ask him, why do you keep coming back to me? And he said, because when I come back to you, you remind me that you fulfill every one of my needs like you always have. And I said, oh my God, that's it. That's why I keep going back. That is exactly it. I thought, and I, I was, I jumped up and down and I, I stood right up and I remember going, bingo, that is it. B-I-N-G-O, A to Z, that's it. Oh my God. I never really realized the, the depth of what it meant to say, it's because I love her and she makes me feel good. Well, that good or that great is every need that I ever needed. She's my best friend. She's my lover. She fulfills every single need that I need. And that was the answer. So I don't know what you guys do when somebody, because I'm sure you all get asked, why do you go back? Or you may, if you have the disorder, you may say, why do they keep coming back? If they keep coming back, you might want to remind yourself you're doing something good. Because if you believe that you're that bad and they tell you you're that bad, when you're in a, an episode, but then they come back and they come back and come back over and over and over. You probably wonder, because I'm sure you've asked, why do you keep coming back? You may even know the answer, but want to hear from them. And they may even say to you, I don't know. It's probably just because I love you. Oh no, it's more than that. Because I'm telling you, we can love an animal so much, but get rid of them because they keep peeing on our favorite furniture or scratching our favorite furniture or whatever the case may be. It's more than love. And I guarantee, I guarantee there's at least one person out there who said, wow, he just hit the nail on the head. I didn't just a couple of months ago, after 37 years, I didn't know the exact reason. I don't think it really mattered, but it really does matter because you need to ask yourself, it's got to be more than just love. Why do we keep going back? And yes, it may strengthen your reason to go back. And if that's the case, so be it. It strengthened my reason. And I tell her, I said, you know what? I come up here knowing. I drive an hour knowing that in one hour you may, and I've had it before. I've gone up there. By the time I even go out there, she said, might as well just go right back home. I begged and pleaded for a half an hour outside of her door. She wouldn't let me in. I showed up there with a half a dozen roses in her favorite iced coffee, exactly the way she likes it. And she literally told me to leave. And I even showed her, I, I said, I even brought you flowers and your favorite iced coffee. And she told me to shove them up my ass and leave. And I was so hurt and I left them on her point. I said, how could you do that to me? How could you do that to me? So anyways, I left. But that's the point. I know that when I go up there, I may not even get through the door. Even if she invites me up, I may not get through that door. But I still go up knowing that it could be not even to that one hour. But it could even be one hour into the visit. One day, one week, two weeks, three weeks. But most of the time, it's only a few days. But I still truck all the way up there 
with those jitters in my stomach, knowing that when we're good, she fulfills every need that I've ever wanted and still ever need. And to me, even if it's one day or one hour, to me it's worth it. Because that feeling of completeness is so worth it. Especially when you go through the week or the two weeks of her not talking to me and missing her because I don't have those feelings. To go up there and get one hour of relief. You know, when you have a pounding, horrible headache for like six hours. And if I said to you, listen, I'm going to give you some Advil. It's only going to work for an hour. But it's going to be horrible again. Do you want that one hour of relief? Anybody's going to say, yeah, please. Yeah, yes. Same sense. That's what I go through. So there's another analogy. So anyways, the show's really getting up there in time. And I probably got off track a little bit, but I seem to do that when I get on these episodes. They seem to get longer and longer. But, you know, feel free more than um, welcome to shut it off at any point if you got the point and got what you needed out of it. And I hope you do get something out of my show each time. I hope I do maybe hit the nail on the head or, like I always say, answer one of your own unanswered questions. Or at least if I related to you in some way, I made you feel like you're not crazy, that you're not alone, and that you're definitely not crazy for loving somebody who turns you away and makes you feel horrible, but at the other times makes you feel like the most special person on earth and makes you filled with every need that you've ever needed. But anyways, thank you again so much for listening. You guys make my day when I get comments and suggestions and ratings and emails of how much that I've helped anybody. It makes me feel very special. But I want to leave you with these last words. If you have somebody in your life that you love that has borderline personality disorder, love them as much as you can because they find it so hard to love themselves. Do it for them and help them. So anyways, thanks again for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye.